you are listening to the Manfulness Podcast. I'm your host, Hamish Kramer. My mission here is to help create a more mindful man, a man that can express himself, can explore a deeper level of himself, become more balanced, become more conscious, and just create a better version of masculinity. I want to help the everyday man explore ideas of personal growth, spirituality, relationships, purpose, and love in a way which is simple, safe, and understandable. So I thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning into the Manfulness Podcast again. Today, I want to talk about this concept of left brain and right brain thinking. And I want to share with you this concept of left brain and right brain thinking because it links into a, like my life since growing up as a child. And this whole concept of left brain and right brain thinking really influenced me to become the person that I am today, I think, in, in a lot of respects. So for those of you that don't know this left brain and right brain um, theory, there is this concept that we predominantly use left brain or right brain thinking as a, as a personality trait. So basically, if you're a left brain thinker, you generally tend to be more dominant in things like logic and linear thinking, mathematics, facts, you know, thinking in words and language. Um, right brain thinking tends to be more along the lines of, you know, imagination and intuition and arts and rhythm and feeling and daydreaming and those kind of creative aspects. So left brain thinking is very like straight line, logical, rational kind of thinking, while you have your right brain thinking, which is very creative, intuitive, um, artistic in nature. And I, and, I, and I want to speak to all the men here because I really feel like many of us are either from a biological standpoint more dominant in our left brain thinking and now whether that is through biology or whether that is through uh, conditioning of being a man we're sort of expected to be more linear thinking or whether that is a cultural thing I'm not too sure but I do find in my own experience and it was true for me that I was a predominantly left brain thinker and I feel like most of my friends that I've had over the past have also been left brain thinkers. So um, I, I have seen that many men tend to be in that category. Now, I believe that there is no truth to this kind of concept or there's no truth that the left side of the brain is generally more logical and rational and the right side of the brain is more creative and artistic. But I think there is some truth to the concept in terms of maybe personality types or, or, or how males and females tend to work. I have noticed that males tend to be more naturally right-brained and more creative. And that's definitely not to say that men can't be right-brain dominant and women are not left-brain dominant. I don't think that's true at all. Um, but in my experience, I definitely started off as a very left-brain person or left-brain dominant. And I think what happened over the years is that I transitioned to becoming more right-brained and then finally balancing both hemispheres. And I think there's a lot to be taken away from allowing ourselves to work on both sides of those brains or at least reaching a place where we can be more balanced. So my story is basically, you know, I had a dad who was an accountant and he came from a very poor country. He grew up in Sri Lanka. And so for him as well, education was everything. So he studied very hard to build up enough knowledge and professional skills to travel to Australia, to be accountant and to work in as accountant in Australia, etc. And so for him, you can imagine 
education and left brain and rational thinking really led to security in terms of wealth and holding a good job, etc., etc. So my childhood growing up, there was a lot of emphasis put on being academically strong. And there wasn't really a lot of emphasis. In fact, it was almost looked down upon to do anything that was artistic or in this respect, right brain. So I really grew up developing my left side of the brain, going to university, doing a bunch of courses, mathematics, physics, biology, chemistry. Like these are really my strong points. And my, my, my father or my, in my childhood and growing up as parenting, that was, that was approved. And so I think what happens is when you're sort of maybe pushed into those kind of um, ways of thinking, you definitely become dominant in that, and then you apply that to the rest of your life. In contrast, my mum was actually very right-brained thinking. My mum's actually very creative. She loves to cook. She loves gardening. And in contrast as well to my dad's life experience, my mum didn't go to school and didn't study and do all those things. She was just a really good hard worker. And when she came to Australia... Um, she continued to work in factories and did those kind of jobs, which would involve more laborous, labor working while my dad ended up working in an office and an accounting firm and so on and so forth. So I guess I was very lucky in my, uh, growing up because I did have my dad who was in our culture, the, the head of the family. So he was the authoritative. He was the, what everyone, who everyone listened to, even my mum. And what he said went and what he said, you know, that, that you did what he told us to do. So even though I was lucky enough to have two parents that thought very differently with my dad being very left brain and my mum being very right brained, the influence was much more heavily on my dad because he was the one that was in charge of, he was a disciplinary basically in that family. But I, I got to see the way that my mum, th- my mum thought. My mum was very intuitive. And the funny thing was like, my dad was, yes, a very rational, logical thinker, but my dad just did not have any street smarts to him. He didn't have any common sense. Even though he was rational, he lacked common sense, which my mum had a lot more of. And my mum was very like intuitive and you couldn't pull the wool over my mum's eye. My dad, so easy. And I remember growing up as a kid and me and my brother sneaking out to go to parties and you know there was even one stage where I even got an an earring like I got an earring on the top corner of my ear because I really wanted to get an earring back in those days and I knew my parents would not approve and so I got out the top right hand corner of my ear which long story later became infected but as soon as I got it I had I was wearing this beanie because I thought if I can wear a beanie then they will never notice it and I'm telling you the day I got it I sat at the dinner table and my mom straight away goes what's wrong with your ear even though I was wearing a beanie she already knew that something was up with me. She just knew it. Well, my dad had no idea, you know? And then I was like, shit, she already knows. And I took it out. It got infected. Long story, ended up in hospital, but that's probably for another podcast. But it was just hilarious because my mom really knows. She 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 senses those things. She's she's attuned to changes in behavior and if her kids are acting weird. My dad had no idea I had this earring. I wouldn't even be surprised today if my dad doesn't even remember it or knows it. He still even goes, how did you get all those tattoos? When did you get them? My like, dad, I've had them for... 25 years like give me a break you know like my dad is just not very observant and he just doesn't have that common sense side of him that's not his strong point but when it comes to academia when it comes to research when it comes to all those kinds of ways of thinking my dad really really excels and my mom struggles you know she's not great with language um she's not great great with numbers and and writing and those kind of those kind of tasks 
Um, she's much better with gardening and cooking and, and those kind of creative aspects. So I guess for my childhood growing up, I did get to experience both sides of things, but it was predominantly from a left brain perspective. And then, I, you know, I did university, I did schools, I did all those kind of things in my life. And I guess what happened for me is I, as I got became into my teenage years, into, into my early 20s, I think I became very frustrated with myself. And I wonder whether any of the guys out there can relate to this because I feel like when you're a left brain thinker and you're very rational and logical with your thinking, you set up the plan of your life. I'm very good at the 12 month plan, the three year plan, the five year plan. And you kind of set your life up to be like, okay, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to do this. I'm going to earn this much money. I'm going to buy this car. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. I tend to be very goal oriented, very much looking into the future. You know, life doesn't go according to plan. Life doesn't always go the way that you want it. And so there would always be these bumps on the road, which I would be getting increasingly frustrated with you know I wouldn't be able to earn the money I, I wanted to or you know I wouldn't get the girl that I needed I'd, I'd break up the relationship and I was just I was constantly in this like I'm trying to take two steps forward but always going a couple of steps back and never really getting to my goals I also remember how I really wanted to start up a business I was working for my cousin at the time and that was a whole nother podcast on itself but it was a, a, a big learning curve for me but also a very frustrating part because I wanted to be a business owner. I really wanted that idea of making something of my own, having my own security, being financially free. And I just felt like I was getting stuck working with him. And so I was like, if I can start my own business, then I'll be, it'll be my ticket out of here. And just everything I tried just wouldn't work. I just, I just felt like I was getting nowhere. And so this was kind of my life. And I was, and I was really kind of going in a loop. And I think that really did lead to you know, heavy depression and anxiety during that period of my life you know it was my younger years and I really felt kind of lost and like life wasn't really working out and it would just put me in these really bad depressive states um, or it would lead me to be very anxious um, and a lot of people used to be like you're such a serious person I used to get that all the time even though deep down inside I'm quite a relaxed funny person I think but I wasn't being that person for, for many many years and then what happened was I started to look for things that could break me out of that or I started to look for things that could change me, not really finding any success until my brother actually came along. And he, my brother is actually very right-brained thinker. He's very much a right-brained thinker. He's into dancing. He speaks many languages, um, great socially. Um, so we would often conflict as kids as well. I, I was very, very different, very different attributes. And he would be very, you know, artistic in nature. And we would just clash in many ways. And so, but him growing up, he also went on his own life path. And he was very much into dancing. He's actually a very good dancer. did ballroom dancing when he was young. And he had gone off and done some hip-hop dancing. And he was like, hey, hey, look, I'm doing this hip-hop dancing. And when it finishes, there is this martial arts. Now, I love martial arts and I love fitness. And for me, fitness was really the only outlet for me during this kind of depressive, anxious period of my life where I didn't know where I was going. I loved fitness. I loved the body. I still do. Hence why I was a personal trainer for 10 years. But I think why I loved fitness so much because it was an outlet for me. It got me out of my left brain thinking and it, and I went into that feeling intuitive into the body kind of sensations and it was fitness was the only thing that got me out of that so I loved fitness it was my only ticket out and so he was doing these hip-hop classes and 
he did the, he, at the end of it, there was this capoeira class. And for those that don't know what capoeira is, it's a Brazilian martial arts that mixes aspects of dance with martial arts. It's an absolutely beautiful art form. And I was already interested in martial arts. I'd been a boxer for three years. I had done uh, a range of other fighting skills briefly, um, more into boxing for many years. My, my uncle was a boxer. And so this really appealed to me. Um, I also did love dancing. I love going out to the clubs. I love to dance. Again, that was probably another outlet for me. And I used to drink quite heavily. And so you can kind of see the pattern I'm, I'm forming out here. Very much locked into left brain thinking. And started to use fitness, which was a positive, dancing, which was a positive, but also maybe a little bit of abuse of alcohol, which probably wasn't very good. It was probably what got me into a lot of trouble in, in later years. But the alcohol drinking would allow me to relax, which would get me into my body, which would allow me to dance and have fun and enjoy myself. So for me, these were the outlets. But I can see now looking back how the alcohol kind of went out of control because I couldn't find a way out of my mind without alcohol, if that makes sense. I, I couldn't find a way to get that satisfaction inside of me or to or to understand that depression or anxiety at that time without alcohol assisting. And it only gave me some relief for the moment. So it, it wasn't a long-term strategy, obviously, plus the damages that alcohol does to your body. So he said, listen, you should you should try this capoeira. Um, you know, I think you will really like it. So I went. I went and did a class and I absolutely fell in love with it. It was a beautiful combination of fitness, dance. There's a lot of music involved. Music and singing were actually part of the martial arts and that was part of your grading. And I just had a really great teacher and he was he did, you know, acrobatics and it was it was a lot of fun, you know, and it was a, it was a big show as well, you know, capoeira. And I just love the Brazilian culture. They were very family orientated, they're very community based and they really brought you in. So this was this was ticking all the boxes for me. It really felt like something that was missing and I got involved in capoeira. For the first few years of capoeira were very frustrating because I thought I was good physically, but this really tested me on a physical note. And it took me a while to really get my body conditioned to the movements of capoeira because it's a very much a lot of movements, there's a lot of groundwork. But then what also used to happen with capoeira, you used to have these sparring sessions where you would jump in the middle with someone else and you would spar with them. But the point of it was not to hit them. We It was a non-contact sport, generally speaking. Maybe at the high levels, it definitely was. But the idea of it was that you move around this person and you're kind of, as they throw a kick, you will defend. And in your defense is your attack. And it's almost like a dance sequence, but it's martial arts. I, I highly recommend that you, if you don't know anything about capoeira, go to Google and just Google capoeira. It's C-A-P-E-I-R-A. I hope I've spelled that correctly. Capoeira. Uh, or just type in Brazilian martial art. It'll pop up. And just look at it. It's, it's such a beautiful thing to watch. And when you watch these two people doing it, it looks like it's been pre-organized or choreographed. It's been, it's been something that has been done themselves. But it's all in the moment. And I just, I sucked. I really sucked at it because I just couldn't get the right movements. I would practice the techniques. I perfected my kick. I perfected my jinga. I perfected all my movements to get better and better at it. But when it came to the sparring, I just really sucked. And the, the most frustrating part of it, every person that I sparred, especially the more advanced people, they were so easy about it. They were enjoying it. They were smiling. They were laughing. They seemed effortless in their movement. And here I am trying to anticipate their moves and I just couldn't do it. And my, my teacher came up to me and said, Hamish, I said, and I'll be like, you know, Mr. I'm really struggling with this couple. I can't, I'm, I suck. 
He goes, you need to relax more. You need to smile at your uh, opponent. I'm like, smile? Really? This makes no sense. But I tried it. You know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a great I'm a great athlete. You know, I, my background's into athletics. So if, if a coach comes to me and says, do this, I do it straight away. So I jumped in and I did it straight away. And as I'm doing the jingro and sparring with this person, I just started to smile. And by smiling, I started to relax. And when I relaxed, I got into my body. And I just felt the movement and I felt the music. And this was a big eye-opener for me. Because as I relaxed into it and felt the music, I noticed that I was no longer trying to anticipate my opponent's kicks or punches or whatever. I was actually starting to flow with them. It was a really weird state where I just... I locked into their body position and when they kicked, I my body was already in the right position and I threw another kick and they were already in the right position and it was like this dance we started to do and it was so enjoyable. It was, it was literally spiritual. It was like a spiritual awakening for me because it was like this, it was so freeing and it was so enjoyable and it was exactly like dancing or the joy I got from dancing mixed with the joys of working out but also now doing that with someone else where I know I was no longer trying to anticipate the punches or the moves. It was like I already knew where I needed to be. It was this intuitive knowing, this intuitive sensing. It was, it was beautiful. And I just became addicted to that. And I just got into capoeira and I did it every day and got more and more involved in it. And it got me to really think because for me, that was really the first time I had entered into this right brain thinking. It was the first time that I tapped into my emotions, into my intuition, into my senses, into my artistic flow where there is no linear progression. You know what I mean? Where it is all kind of chaos, but inside the chaos, there is some sort of order and there is a, a sort of a level of surrendering or letting go. And this was just so freeing for me. And I think this was that that was the turning point where I really started to go, wow, I need to do more of these things which help cultivate this sort of right brain thinking or getting me into the body. And it was from that point where I really started to focus on developing those other areas. I took up guitar and, and, and started to play music. And this was all while studying at university and, and, and working and, and still doing my left brain activities, but I could really see the benefit in balancing out myself. At the time, it was really for capoeira because the left brain was really good in understanding the movements and the details of it, the techniques which I would practice. But then the right brain thinking was really good with kind of surrendering and letting go and trusting and feeling out the movements or the sparring in the present moment. And so this really helped me and I really started to see my brain and the way I thought changed. Like I said, I took up guitar, I took up a bunch of musical instruments, I started drawing, I started painting, I started to really do these things to help me cultivate this side. And this then also, after a while, led me to things like meditation and Tai Chi and all these other kind of movement-based or... Um, intuition-based activities which allowed me to be in my body and use this other intelligence because up until that point I'd only acknowledged and honored intellect and now I was experiencing this other intelligence which was a sensing feeling intelligence and I was like wow imagine I could put these two powers together for good 
And that's what I continue to do. And that's really how I've become the person I am today. And really, it's helped me so much in thinking and in being because now I could see that what was trapping me in my depression and my anxiety was that left brain thinking because it is very black and white, I found. But once I added the right brain thinking, which is more creative, it was like it was like jumping out of that black and white and having a look at all the colors and all the possibilities. And in that kind of thinking, you start to see, you know, the trees from the forest, so to speak. You start to see, you start to see the bigger picture, which sometimes left brain thinking can really lock you in. I think Gary Vee does it really nicely. He talks about clouds and dirt. And I don't know whether this is an analogy, but it makes me think of like the dirt being the left brain thinking, doing those things. It's the actions. It's the rational step-by-step process. The cloud is like allowing your mind to go up high and imagine and daydream and allow that intuition and that creative thinking to come into you so that you can then pull it down and then put it into the dirt. So this helped me so much. I think this is, and that's, and it alleviated that anxiety and depression because I knew the moment I was in those emotional feelings, I was too much in left brain thinking and it was time for me to pull the guitar out or go and do some exercise or, um, you know, do some capoeira or meditate. It would, it would, it, it, it showed me how to break my habit of left, of too much left brain thinking. Um, but also, I can see it at the other end. Too much right brain thinking also means that you don't actually put any steps in place. And I see that with a lot of friends of mine who are very right brain dominant, who haven't developed their left brain, they lack that ability to put plans in place or to really build on things because they haven't organized themselves in a structured or logical way. So I was able to put these two parts together and it really helped me in my life. It alleviated the emotions of depression and anxiety and it also helped me become a really good business owner because I had an ability now to tap into my creative field and my intuitive field but also to tap into my left brain which I was already good at to put some of those things in place. And I think a really good entrepreneur, business owner or I think just an overall good human being is able to switch between these levels of thinking or operate both levels of thinking at the same time. Allowing yourself to be creative and logical, I think is really the optimal area that we're trying to to, to get to. And I think someone that can operate at that level really helps them in all facets of life. It's helped me with my relationship. It's helped me with, like I said, work. It's helped me with working with people, you know, staff and suppliers because I can learn how to be creative and and think of things but also know how to put things into a step-by-step understandable explanation instructions for people. It's helped me with parenting because I can tap into those areas as my child needs them. And it also gives my children a better understanding of left brain thinking, right brain thinking, so that they can also be a little bit more creative and logical at the same time. I think it's a really good one. So, so yeah, so so I want you to take a moment to really think about where you're dominant. And I, like I said, I feel like most men tend to be left brained. And what helped me was really starting to cultivate those right brain thinking attributes um, and, and put them into practice and look at things that will help you develop. And trust me, you'll suck at it. Yeah, I really sucked at guitar. I sucked at all those other right brain thinking attributes in the beginning. But I persisted with it long enough and I can't tell you the relief that it gave me 
and the joy and the bliss that it gives me. And even to this day, now moving into realms of shamanism and other energetic medicines, I feel for me personally, I feel like I'm a good coach because I feel I can tap into those levels of intuition and feeling and emotions and understanding, but put it into a framework that can be practical and implemented into people's lives from a left brain perspective. I've gone to many kind of healers and coaches and mentors as well, where they've lacked in either area. So you're only kind of getting half the puzzle. You know, there's no point doing all this great spiritual work or personal development work if you're not going to put stuff in place which changes your mind. Like you have to practice meditation every day or you have to practice the things that you're learning. If you read a book, you need to put them into place. You need to put step-by-step actions into place. So I think that has really helped me as a coach and as a mentor for my clients because I'm able to drop into these areas of themselves. And if they're right brain dominant, then I can give them left brain attributes to support them. And if they are very left brain, then I can I can help them come over to the right side of the brain and really open up that area, which I personally I feel a lot of men kind of struggle with. So I want you to sit with that. I want you to sit with that and see what that feels like for you and just do a bit of analysis and think where where are you dominant are you mainly left or mainly right or or do you have a good balance and if so what are the things that you do to help strengthen those parts of the brain how do you maintain balance i know for me that i i have to keep going with meditation i have to allocate some time to playing music i have to allocate some you know time to working out which i love anyway um I also have to allocate time to reading and researching and also keeping those left brain skills going because they can also die out if I don't look after them well enough. So let me know, what, how did that help you? Where, where are you? And what are some of the things you can do to help yourself grow those things that you're not used to? Do some of those things that you're not used to. I love my brother for that. You know, he, He's really good at trying things and not worrying about where it goes and I and I was very much the opposite everything had to be goal orientated I have to be learning the guitar because I want to become a singer it doesn't have to be like that you can just learn things for the sake of learning things and you don't always have to complete everything you can just revel in the experience of trying something so I really hope that helps especially to my gents out there see if you can have a look at the way you think and the way you operate and see if you can do things a little bit differently and see if that really helps you in your life Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I would love to hear from you. So please tag me on Instagram at manfulnessmen. Hit me up, DM me. I would also love a review on wherever you've listened to. And please, please subscribe so that you can get more of my updates, more of my podcasts coming through. And if you feel, please share it with another man who you think could benefit from today's episode.